Hey everyone, Art Burns here. I hope you're all doing great today. I hope the day is treating you well, but more importantly, I hope that you're treating you well, right? Because this is a, a, a such an important aspect to to being a human being, right? We have this tendency, this sort of you know innate, um, you know, just just instinct to to you know impose you know criticism and and judgment upon ourselves right and to set enormously high standards for ourselves and again impose pretty harsh judgments of criticism and and you know and judgment and and you know self-loathing for when we don't meet these these extraordinarily high goals that we set for ourselves or high standards that we set for ourselves not really goals standards right and and I know what you're thinking I know I, I hear I talk to a lot of people about this right and I know that many of you right now are probably thinking well you know if I don't set these these high standards for myself and I if I don't you know push myself through this kind of you know punishment and criticism then I'm not going to reach the goals that I want you know and and I get it I get that instinct really I do you know and that's again that's kind of part of our whole you know the way our brains are wired you know for for like you know a fear-based kind of survival instinct right and I get that I really do However, I want to tell you that that there's abundant research at this point that shows the exact opposite, right? That there's study after study after study that shows that that being kind to ourselves and, and holding ourselves in in self-compassion and forgiving ourselves and and you know being patient with ourselves that these aspects and these qualities of of treating ourselves are actually much more effective in in attaining the goals that you set for yourself. And the reason for this is that you're, you know, when you're kind to yourself and you're accepting of yourself and you're, you're, you know, kind of, um, you know, again, patient and forgiving and all these, you know, kind of you know, really kind attributes, you know, when you do these things for yourself, what you're doing is you're, you're, you know, building a fulfillment that kind of comes from within, right? As opposed to fulfillment that is based on accomplishments or, or, you know, or, or benchmarks or, or whatever kind of criteria, you know, we often set for ourselves, you know, for, for measuring our success, right? You know, that, that when it comes from within, as opposed from without, it's more sustainable and it's more, you know, like when we set goals and we measure ourselves and we, we kind of, you know, treat ourselves as per how we've attained those goals or not, you know, what happens is any kind of fulfillment or any kind of happiness or any kind of, you know, um, uh, resilience that we have is very, very fleeting. It's very weak. It's, it's kind of like building a house on sand, you know, when, when we can build the foundation of, of you know, of trust and, and forgiveness and, and patience and compassion for ourselves. This is a much, much stronger foundation. And, and on that foundation, again, it's not just me saying this, you know, even the U.S. Navy has done a study that showed that that the officers who were compassionate, right, which anytime you're being compassionate, for another, you're, you know, you're part of the compassion, right? So, so, you know, even the U.S. Navy, the highest ranking officers who are the most successful, like they're, they, they tracked, you know, I don't know how many officers it was, I can look up the study for you, but they found that, you know, in a very, very well, you know, designed study, they found that, I mean, it's the military, right? So they found that, um, that the officers who, who, ex, you know, lived with compassion were more successful, right? Even in the U.S. US military, right? So, you know, which is to me like just, you know, that that shows a lot, you know, because you wouldn't expect that, right? And so 
So this comes down to, you know, um, it's very tied in with the level of, you know, of emotions that we feel, right? And, and the emotions that we feel are very, of course, tied in with the thoughts that we have, right? So when we have thoughts that, you know, like, okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough because I'm not getting that, you know, I didn't reached my salary by this age and I didn't get this house by this age and we you know that kind of thing you know we start to think those thoughts right the emotions that come from that right can very easily spin out of control right and they can very easily become you know very um, you know negative based emotions right which are going to cause a lot of stress in our body it's going to cause a lot of you know and then once we we're in that stress in our body of course what we're doing is we're, we're sapping resources from ourselves you know to, to accomplish the things that we wanted to accomplish in the first place, you know, so it's almost like, and that's why self-compassion is really more, more powerful than this self, you know, like, uh, self-loathing or, or self, you know, just, just, you know, punishment or whatever, you know, and, um, and so, so it comes down to, right, like, like the, the way that we can get to, being more self-compassionate for ourselves, you know, and, and, and just, you know, finding ourselves more, you know, kind of successful in, in whatever we're trying to do on the face value, right? Like even set aside the compassion aspect, you know, compassion can come after, but, but really what we're talking about is emotional regulation, right? Like that's the key, right? Because when we can regulate our emotions, right, which, which of course involves regulating our thoughts, right? And, and, and more, you know, when we say regulate your thoughts, like there's one thing you can't do, you can't stop your mind from thinking, right? Like that doesn't work. I tell all my clients when, when I first meet with them, I say, I say, you know, meditation, everybody has this idea that meditation is about calming the mind or, or stopping the thoughts or, or resting the mind or something like that. I tell them, what if I told you right now, don't think about a monkey, What's the first thing everybody thinks about? And 10 times out of 10, yeah, a monkey. I thought about a monkey. And that's because your mind just, that's the way it works. And it's fun. It's like a, a funny kind of like, it's almost like having a, a quirky roommate, right? Like it's going to do that every single time. And so, and so as you, you know, so if you tell your mind like, okay, don't think these thoughts, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get lots more of those thoughts. And so, so that's why it's not about, you know, stopping the thoughts, right? But, but what it is about is, is letting go of those thoughts, right? And when we can let go of those thoughts, then those thoughts don't cause the emotions that cause us the, you know, first of all, becomes that cycle, right? It, it, you know, the emotion causes more thoughts that cause more emotions, that cause more thoughts, that cause more emotions. And that gets us into this sort of, you know, runaway train that, that can often derail us, right? And so, and so, you know, when I think back on, on all the different issues that I've ever had, right, whether it's my, you know, any, you know, sort of hard times in my life as a parent, as a, you know, as a former business owner, as a, as a corporate uh, advertising executive, as, a, as a, a son of my parents, as a friend, as a, in a romantic sense, any of these areas of my life, right? Any time that I have felt that I've been in a situation rather where I've, I've you know, I've felt like I failed myself, right? That I, I just, I didn't live up to the, the person that I wanted to be, right? In every single time, it can be rooted down to, you know, that, that my emotions, <clears throat> you know, put me into a situation, like like I emotionally reacted to something or, or allowed my emotions to, to sort of, um, you know, sully the, or, or, you know, kind of muddy the water somehow. And, and, and it all, always, my, my point is that it always relates back to some sort of lack of emotional regulation, right? 
And that's where mindfulness comes in. Okay, and this is where this is why mindfulness and emotional intelligence are like intertwined. They're like dovetailed, right? Like that's the thing. When we're talking about emotional intelligence, right? Emotional intelligence is is self-awareness, it's um, self-regulation, right? It's uh, motivation, it's empathy, and it's social skills, right? Like like almost all five of those can be directly applied to, to mindfulness. Not so much the social skills, although you can make an argument, you know. And so and so the thing is that as we practice mindfulness, right, which is just just meeting every unfolding experience, you know, being present with it and meeting it with a, a sort of non-judging curiosity, right? Just a, a, just sort of a, a not, you know, not emotionally, you know, sort of attached way of just experiencing everything that you experience, right? And I know that sounds very foreign to some people, but, you know, you'd be surprised at how natural it really is. And, and once you start practicing it, it's amazing how quickly you can adapt to this and you can kind of uh, start to really, you know, function within that framework, right? And so when we do that, right, when we're paying attention to what's happening as it's happening, and we're doing so with a, uh, again, a, a sort of curiosity, you know, a compassionate curiosity, right, which is without judgment, right? What we're doing then is we are gaining self-awareness, right? And and when we're when we're really present with what we're doing, right? What we're also doing at the same time is we're not allowing our thoughts, those those, those thoughts and those judgments and those criticisms, to kind of pull us away from that nat- from that present moment, you know, experience that we're having, right? And so when we do that. When we are present with what's going on and we're doing so in a, you know, again, a, uh, 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 almost a, a playful kind of, you know, attitude towards it as opposed to a, you know, a scared and, and, and you know, an unaccepting attitude, right? When we do this, what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to, to really be, you know, fully in what is happening, right? Like embodied in this present moment. And once we do that, that's when we're dedicating all of our resources to what it is that's happening right now. And, and when you do that, you know, again, remember all the different things in my life. And I'm sure if you look back on your life too, you'll find that all those big things that you went through that you, you don't feel happy about, right? Like times that you felt you, you know, like whatever went wrong, you know, that, that you feel that, that if you really examine that, you'll probably find that it had a lot to do with your inability or your, your lapse in emotional regulation, right? And, and so again, when we're present with what we're doing, then emotional regulation becomes much, much easier, right? And this is why, you know, as I talk a lot about, you know, parenting here, you know, because, you know, not only am I about to start this parenting program, mindful parenting program, but also, you know, as parents, you know, it's, it's one of the most important things that we've ever done in our lives, right? Like the biggest deal in our lives, right? And so, and so if we can apply what I just said, like the, you know, and most parents, right? Most times that we have issues with, you know, the behavior of our kids or the, the sort of, you know, um, the, the fear that we get into, the gripping fear that we get into as parents that we're not doing enough for our kids or, or maybe we're doing too much for them or, you know, or somehow our kids are not going to turn out right, you know, you know, almost all the time when we feel those times of, of, of that tension and that fear. And again, when, when we're having trouble, you know, managing the whole situation of our children, right? When we feel like we, you know, 
you know, break, you know, have a, have an outburst and, and kind of, you know, maybe shout at our children where we shouldn't have, or we talk to them and we cause the, you know, the rifts in the, in the parent child relationship. Again, just like any other mistake, any other, you know, kind of times of, of trouble that you felt in your life, you can trace it back to your emotional regulation, right? And how well or how poorly you were in regulation of your emotions, right? How much you were controlling yourself and your emotional reaction, right? So, so, and this also speaks very, very loudly to how important it is to, to train children in mindfulness, right? Because again, throughout my entire life, and this goes back to school, right? It goes back to my, my school days when I used to get detention and stuff like that. You know, every time that, that there was trouble in my life. And I've done a lot of reflecting and I, I encourage you to do the same. You know, I mean, I journal every night. I, I reflect on these things in meditation. I've really done a lot of, you know, deep work in, in looking for this stuff. So, so I, I encourage you to do some of this too, because you'll find, I'm sure, very similar results that I have found that, that when any of those times, right, going back to my, my school days, right, and all through my, my life, every time I sent, you know, I, I remember a time that I was, you know, that was trouble, that was, that was, you know, um, you know, un, not what I wanted it to be, right, like, you know, whatever that was, it all had its roots in the emotional regulation, right, and so the reason I say that is because if somebody had taught me as a five-year-old, as a seven-year-old, as a nine-year-old, as an 11-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old even, if someone had taught me how to regulate my emotions back then, <laughs> I could have saved myself a lot of trouble, right? A lot of trouble. And so probably could have you. And so can your children, right? And so, so, and, and the thing is that when we practice mindfulness as adults, as parents, our children are more likely to follow, right? Like, like it's just the way it is, right? Our kids model our behavior, right? So, so parents who are more active have more active children. Parents who uh, watch a lot of TV have kids who watch a lot of TV. Um, parents who are, you know, musically inclined have musically, you know, interested kids. You know, it's just, it's just the way it goes. And so parents who are, you know, practicing and, and you know, and embodying mindfulness are going to have children who are generally speaking going to embody that as well, right? And, and it's going to be much easier to get them involved with it, right? And once we get them involved with it, then they are going to start to build an emotion, a higher level of emotional intelligence and, and the very, very important emotional regulation that comes with it. All right. So if you'd like more information, if you want to know how you can start practicing this, whether you join my program or not, if you just want to know how you can start practicing this, please leave me a comment, send me a message. Uh, let's get in touch. Okay. Cause it's very, very simple and you'd be amazed at how quickly this all can happen. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I wish you well. I'll talk to you soon.